Financial wellness is so crucial to overall wellness. And in order to achieve financial wellness, you have to think about not just working hard for your money, your money should work as hard for you as you do for it. Hey everyone, welcome to Modern Life from Fidelity Investments. This is me, your host, Jamila Soufrant. On today's show, we're tackling a hot topic, investing. And my guest today is one of the leading voices on investing at Fidelity, Ramona Persaud. In June 2021, Ramona was named one of the top 10 female portfolio managers in the whole United States by CityWire USA, based on a list of risk-adjusted returns over the past three years. She runs four Fidelity Global Funds, which invest billions of dollars in stocks of companies around the world. That's money from big investors and also from everyday people who invest in mutual funds through their 401ks or brokerage accounts. When it comes to questions about all things investing, there's nothing Ramona hasn't experienced. No matter if you're a first-time investor who's curious about how to get started or just interested in hearing from a pro with over 25 years in the investing business, this episode's for you. So let's dive in. Ramona Prasad, thanks so much for joining us on Modern Life. I'm so excited to talk to you about the topic of investing. So welcome. Thank you. My pleasure. So let's take it back to the beginning. How did you first get interested in investing? Did you learn about this in childhood or was this something you experienced in your adulthood? Investing can seem so intimidating, especially since a lot of people think that to be good at it, you have to have early exposure. I'm here to say that's not true. So for me, investing happened as an adult and it happened through a lot of trial and error. My parents wanted me to be a scientist, so I tried that, but I also tried a lot of other things and I eventually figured out that what I really love is research, just researching anything. So you don't have to have early exposure, you don't have to have parents who did it, mine didn't. You just have to really like learning about how things work. So you mentioned that your parents wanted you to be a scientist. Did they support your transition into investing? How did that work out for you? <laughs> so no, um, not initially. So I grew up in New York City, immigrant kid, and my dad was an engineer slash scientist. And so he, he wanted me to do that. And I was about to go do my PhD to become a research scientist when I happened to be working part-time at an investment bank, totally random during school to make money to pay for books. And once I got exposed to the markets, I was done with engineering. It just really matched my risk-taking pace. It was very flat, not hierarchical, no red tape. You could just really run with your ideas. And so initially my parents were really, I think, afraid because typically immigrant parents want you to do good for others and be financially stable. And I, at that young age, I was 19 years old, I sort of unequivocally disagreed. In my mind, if you can help people achieve financial wellness, that is absolutely doing good for others because you can't truly be well if you're not financially well. I love that. I relate to that so much because I'm also um, a child of immigrants and came here myself at two years old. And it is so true that we are usually our parents' best investments, right? Like they put so much into us so that we can do better and, and carry on the family name and have a better life. So what gave you the confidence to make that change 
to go against what your parents wanted to to pursue investing? I think that was my first real direct act of risk taking and defiance, frankly. And I sort of pointed out to them that I learned that from them. So they shouldn't be too surprised. Like they picked up in their 30s and left the place that, you know, that they had been for multiple generations and totally started from scratch, completely against expectations. And I think sort of randomly being born to these parents that were willing to pick up everything and start over someplace really far away, really far embedded in me that kind of courage to just do something completely different, unexpected, that has a lot of embedded risk and uncertainty. <laughs> That's a great point. And you already, you mentioned this, you said, you know, investing is risk taking. So how do you take risk in your investing practice? I'd love to hear for someone listening how they can start to view risk taking as part of the foundation of investing so they can get into it also. So there are so many different ways to be successful in investing. My style is specific to me, specific to what I'm comfortable with, which is I'm really comfortable with uncertainty. I'm comfortable with skepticism. I'm comfortable with discomfort. So what I would say to your question is, in order to figure out what kind of investing you want to do, some self-reflection about, about what you're comfortable with, I think really helps. There's a really strong, wonderful, longtime portfolio manager at Fidelity called Joel Tillinghast, one of the most famous value investors in the world. And he likes to say, no research is gambling. Some research is speculating. Deep research is investing. So from that, what I would say is depending on your appetite for going deep on companies, you have to decide if you want to be a gambler, a speculator, or an investor. And all of those modes of operation are legit. They just come with different risk profiles. So for someone starting out, I would say first do some reflection about what you're naturally inclined to, what you might not be. And then that can lead you to the sort of investing you want to do. And then you got to arm yourself with, with knowledge. So you work with billions of dollars or you manage and see big portfolios. And most people starting out may not have a lot of money to start investing. You know, it may be a couple of dollars, but they may be a little discouraged because they think it's not enough. So what advice would you give to them to feel encouraged to get started? Yeah, courage is the perfect word. It really does take some amount of courage and comfort with discomfort to start anything that's that's intimidating and certainly if it's investing and I would say try to access the times in your life so before you even think about you know putting your dollars to work try to access the times in your life when you did something that initially was uncomfortable but then you pushed through and you accomplished it and you got to the other side and you had grown as a result if you decide you want to invest I would then say you have to ask yourself how do I want to spend my time because to really invest directly, you need to put a lot of time into it, which is why it's sort of, you know, things people do for their entire professions. If you want to spend your time on other things, totally legit, then you would go and get some advice. There are lots of advisors that can help you figure it out. Or if you want to spend some time on it, you can do a little bit of research, but still combine it with some advice. If you want to spend a lot of time on it, there are a couple paths you can take. You can try to find the really strong active managers, or you can just go for sort of passive products like index funds, which come with lower fees, but they also returns that are less than the market. So they're, they're sort of trade-offs to everything. So I think that's kind of like a good sort of foundation to start. And to your question, if you don't have a lot of money, that's totally okay. I had no money. 
when I started. But what you can do is start working on a paper portfolio. So you can do it on paper. You don't have to put money into it. And that gets you the initial practice of getting your head around it. Then if you feel comfortable with that, you can then use small amounts of money, continue doing it. And then as you get more and more comfortable and practice, then you can increase the sums of money. I also like to recommend that people consider maybe having a partner to do it with, like whether it's a friend or a colleague or making a group of people. Because if you do that well, you can bring a lot of what I call diversity of thought, which reduces the risk of groupthink. So all of a sudden you're discussing companies and different people are bringing different ideas and that expands the total thinking, which, which can kind of make it fun. This is a profession that rewards constant learning, practice and making mistakes. It's, it really rewards making mistakes. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up mistakes because I think in today's world and this climate with the pandemic, there's so much uncertainty. And so you have so many people who are first time investors or have just started or are afraid to lose their money. And they think, you know, well, maybe it's just better sitting in a savings account. And they're afraid of making mistakes. So what would you say to them about how to move forward through the fear of uncertainty? I understand the fear. It's completely understandable. But the argument I make for this is investing is just a fancy word for making your money work for you. So I have this deep belief in people achieving financial wellness. Financial wellness is so crucial to overall wellness. And in order to achieve financial wellness, you have to think about essentially not just working hard for your money, your money should work as hard for you as you do for it. So when you think about putting your money in a bank, right, you're maybe making interest on that money. Is that interest really growing at the same rate as your costs, as your needs? No, it is not, which means that your real purchasing power is decreasing over time, which is not financial wellness. That's sort of the, the definition of financial unwellness because your costs are growing faster than anything that's coming in, right? And when you think about costs, like healthcare costs over time, education costs over time, like absolute staples of life, if those are growing at high rates and you just think about regular cost inflation over time, your money needs to run at least as fast as those costs, and it's not gonna do that in a bank. And that's the role, in my mind, of thoughtful investing. If you thoughtfully invest, your money can outrun your cost growth profile. And that's how you get wealth creation over time. Then you have to think about your goals. Like you actually want to live a comfortable life and you want things like buying a house and you want to retire on your terms. That's the argument for investing thoughtfully. That's also the argument for not gambling and not speculating. Yeah, and you know, as a child of immigrants, and I know I'd love to hear your experience, but I know from my experience is that the investing part for me was not taught because you know, they, they were afraid of the market risk in investing. So what, what was your experience and do you find that it's so important to get this message to you know, immigrants, women, disadvantaged people about investing because we need to do this more? I feel strongly about this. So what I would say is any traditionally marginalized people who typically don't have financial wellness if not them, then who, right? Financial wellness is basically the path to self-reliance. So if not young people and traditionally marginalized people to achieve self-reliance, then who? Like why should financial wellness be the sole domain of the traditionally most secure? 
what personal investing has revealed to me is it can allow you to live life way more on your own terms. If you're able to put aside some money from your paycheck every time and you're investing it in this thoughtful way that we've described and you start to see that pool of money grow, right? All of a sudden, you're not just dependent, you're not just at the mercy of the job market, at the mercy of your work environment. You've got multiple ways to win. Modern Life aims to give you the life and money knowledge you need so you can live the life you want. As part of our mission, we're proud to work with Year Up, an organization leading the movement to close the opportunity divide by ensuring that young adults gain the skills to reach their potential through careers and higher education. During the Year Up program, students participate in hands-on technical training in fields like information technology, business operations, customer support, and software development, paired with professional skills like networking, negotiating, and public speaking. Fidelity works with Year Up hosting interns to provide hands-on work experience and the opportunity for full-time employment. As part of its work with Year Up, Fidelity has contributed a one-time grant to Year Up's efforts. In honor of Modern Life, Fidelity has also committed to matching 100% of listener contributions. I want to encourage the Modern Life community to join the movement by visiting donate.yearup.org slash modernlife to learn more about Year Up's mission and contribute to their work. Now everyone is getting excited about new forms of investing, merging forms like cryptocurrency and how do you feel about that what what are your thoughts on people getting into those investments so again like there are so many different ways to be successful in investing and like i've got my way my way is a little bit more traditional we have tons of sort of not tons of investors at fidelity who are great at these sort of emerging concepts in investing such as things like crypto and they do really well they have a completely different style from mine it's one of my favorite things about fidelity this breadth of investment expertise on crypto specifically, or, or sort of, let's back up to blockchain, which is the, the nuts and bolts of it. That is a, an area that requires, and I can say this as an engineer, it requires some very specific technical expertise to understand what it is. It's fairly abstract. So what concerns me about fields like that is when the average person chasing it does not have that deep understanding, which I'm pretty sure is the case, given how abstract and sort of intensely technical it is. That is the makings of a mania and manias never end well. You talked about making mistakes and how much that has helped you move forward. What would you tell your younger self knowing what you know now and beginner investors and people listening right now about money and investing? I would say investing and so many other things, just demystify it early. If you can demystify, reduce the intimidation factor of anything early on, then you can tackle it. Start on paper, start taking in like lots of content. Figure out if you want to spend the time yourself, if you want to do it through an advisor, talk to your friends, family, your networks to figure out if any of them are doing it because they might have tons of experience that you can leverage so you don't have to recreate the wheel. They can put you in touch with someone they know. So it's sort of a big deep dive on something that ultimately gives you self-reliance. So it's worth the effort. 
Yeah, and you know, I want to go back to, you said in the beginning, your parents at first didn't think that you could make a difference with investing, you know, that it wasn't necessarily something that would be good for the world. And, you know, we know that that's not true if you are someone who wants to do good with your money. So I'd love to just challenge those of us who have people in our lives, or maybe we have just limiting beliefs about money that actually holds us back from investing and making more because deep down, maybe we feel like it's not good. Do you have any thoughts on that? You're, you're so right. There's this maybe stigma, and that's, I think, what my parents were sort of vulnerable to of money as being dirty or not being honorable. And those were their conventional ways of thinking about impacting the world. And I quickly realized that economic security is, is a huge input to over, overall health, right? Like how much can you really impact the world if you're not like foundationally secure? It's not about greed or selfishness. It's about being secure in a foundational way so that you could then go out with that security and safety. Like if you're living in a constant traumatized way because you're dealing with scarcity every day, or do you really have the mental capacity to go and do big things that have nothing to do with money in the world? I believe that people naturally want to help each other or naturally want to make the world better. They don't just like reinvest it all in themselves. They turn around and, and reinvest in the world. My belief is when financial freedom is more accessible, to more people, you get investing, creating a virtuous cycle of people reinvesting in making the world a better place. When you feel secure and you feel comfortable in your life, your propensity to go and contribute back to the world is a lot higher. So it's not just about individually, you know, becoming more secure. It's about what that means for the reinvestment back in the world. That's beautiful. And I think if there was any reason to start investing or continue on, this is a beautiful reason to do it. So thank you so much, Ramona, for your time and teaching us all more about investing. My pleasure, it was nice to talk to you. Investing can seem intimidating if you haven't done it before, but there are many resources for beginners to get started. Fidelity has many articles, resources, and tools to jumpstart you on your journey. For some steps you can take now, we're going to turn to Courtney Mays, who's a regional consultant and financial educator at Fidelity. Thanks so much, Jamila. So here's the thing about investing. Nobody teaches us how to do it. A common misconception is that we have to have it all figured out, but that's not true. Here are a few tips for how to get started. Number one, make sure you are financially well. Do you have emergency savings? Are your credit card bills paid off? Are you trying to save 15% of your income for retirement? This can include employer matching contributions. Number two, figure out your goals. Spend some time figuring out what's important to you. This can include everything from paying your monthly bills to buying a new car or home. Then decide the cost and timeline of each of those goals. Based on that information and your risk tolerance, you can determine an investment strategy for each individual goal. Number three, start by learning the basics. Learn the difference between stocks and bonds and between ETFs and mutual funds. Next, maybe focus on broader concepts like asset allocation, diversification, and risk tolerance. 
There's lots of information out there. You can read books or you can listen to podcasts just like this one. Number four, get help. Ask questions to a financial professional and build your financial plan. Also, know that you don't have to do all of this yourself. There are all-in-one investment options that are designed specifically to simplify this process and manage your investments for you. Some of these include target date funds, robo-advisors, and personalized managed accounts. And finally, just start. There's no minimum to start investing in the market. If you have $10, you can get started. So why wait? To learn more about these options and for more tips and resources for your money and beyond, head on over to the Modern Life website at fidelity.com forward slash modern life and make sure to sign up for our newsletter for stories, tips, and resources delivered to your inbox every week. And that's our show this week. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to our website and to sign up for our newsletter. And make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button to keep this show in your feed every week. Modern Life is hosted by Jamila Souffrant. Executive producers are Caitlin Durkin, Jake Horowitz, Josh Sr., and Evan Wolf Boxbum. We are produced by Noam Osmond and Zoe Pressy. Modern Life is written by Elizabeth Leary, Ann Dowd, and Courtney Mays, and edited by Noam Osmond. Our contributing editors are Rita Flannery and Mindy Hines. Our post-producer is Sydney Charvat. Modern Life was recorded and filmed at the Bridge Studio in Brooklyn, New York. Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus or, if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Diversification and asset allocation do not ensure a profit or guarantee against loss. Information provided in the podcast is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as investment or tax advice. Views in the opinions of the individuals noted are expressed as of the date of the recording and do not necessarily represent the views of Fidelity Investments. Any such views are subject to change at any time based on market or other conditions. Fidelity Investments disclaims any liabilities for any direct or incidental loss incurred by applying any of the information in this podcast. Consult your tax or financial advisor for information concerning your specific situation. Stock markets, especially foreign markets, are volatile and can decline significantly in response to adverse issuer, political, regulatory market, or economic developments. Foreign securities are subject to interest rate, currency exchange rate, economic, and political risks. The advisor's applications of the fund's strategy criteria may not achieve its intended results and the fund could underperform the market as a whole. Jamila Souffrant is not employed by Fidelity Investments but does receive compensation for her services. Target date funds are an asset mix of stocks, bonds, and other investments that automatically becomes more conservative as the fund approaches its target retirement date and beyond. Principal invested is not guaranteed. This podcast is intended for U.S. persons only and is not a solicitation for any Fidelity product or service. Gear Up and Fidelity Investments are independent entities and are not legally affiliated. This podcast is provided for your personal non-commercial use and is the copyrighted work of FMR LLC. You may not reproduce this podcast in whole or in part in any form without the permission of FMR LLC. The trademarks and service marks appearing herein are the property of their respective owners. Fidelity Brokerage Services Member LLC, NYSE, SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917. Copyright 2021, FMR LLC. All rights reserved.